Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. How's everyone doing? Good? Let me just get uh, my iPad in order. As uh, my lovely wife just said, uh, my name is Jason and um, I'm part of the team here. I want to welcome our Doreen and Craigie Burnham. Come on, Bundura, can we give them a hand as they're joining us? You guys get to see me in real life. They have to see me virtually. I hope I look better and uh, let's pray for that. Um, Lika, you look great. Um, and Pastor Henry, you also look good too. Uh, great shirt. Anyway, um, listen, we're just coming out of a uh, four-week series. Some guy got sick last week on honour. Everyone say honour. You know, let's make sure that we don't leave that honour series like to like a four-week period of time. Let's make sure it's not like a 70th anniversary moment. But let's make sure we carry honour in each and every day of our lives. You know what I mean? Like, as we honour God with everything that we do, who we are, but also with the people around us. Let's carry that culture each and every day. I know everyone's talking about Christmas at the moment in our Doreen campus, in our Craigieburn campus, and in our Bundura campus. We are doing Christmas outreach events. How exciting is that? Like, I said, I think that's an incredible thing. We're not just reaching a Bundura community here. We are reaching all the communities that we're a part of, and I think it's so important. Um, and so, listen, if you haven't been serving this year, whether you're in Doreen, Craigieburn, if you haven't been, if you've just gone, oh, listen, my schedule doesn't permit me to serve, could I encourage you at this point, would you serve for three hours on one of these events? Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, it's either to set up, pack down, or during the period of time that we're hosting, uh, would you just serve at one of our locations? Because it's an incredible opportunity to serve our community. It's an incredible opportunity to reach people for Jesus. Amen? Amen. And listen, if you know people in that suburb, I would also encourage you to invite them along. Like, as in, if you know someone that lives in, in Crazy Burn, invite them. Bandura people, you can invite them along and meet them there. And, and you're going, how, like, how cool is this? We get to connect. Side note, side note, side note. Like, you know, we're looking at kindergartens at the moment. And um, a part of the expectations of kindergartens is that when you sign up, um, they tell you, hey, you have to do the gardening at this on our facility once a year because we're a part of a community here. And I thought, how interesting. And I thought to myself, as a church, we are part of a community here. Whether you're here, whether you're in Craven or Doreen, you are part of a community here. And I just thought to myself, what responsibility that, that you have to take to say, this is my home, this is my place, I'm going to serve here, and this, I'm going to host here, and I'm going to do this here. So can I encourage you, uh, like... We've got a responsibility. We are family. This is a church community. You're not just attending a place, but you're part of family here. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so out of that, what a great opportunity it is to serve together. Amen? Well, I thought that was, a, I'm going to tell you, expectations in kindergartens, we're going to add that to church e-experience. Anyway, um, I'm just joking. As Alyssa said, we are kicking off a series. It's going to go for three weeks Today, I'm going to be talking about the problem with hurry. Everyone say the problem. The problem with hurry. Next week, we're going to talk about the solution. And then uh, the week after, we're going to talk about practices of an unhurried life. So this is the, the few weeks. We're going to focus on things like the Sabbath and rest and all those sorts of things. So can I encourage you? 
If this is an area of your life that maybe you struggle in or maybe you know someone, could you attend for the next three weeks, invite them along, share the links? I think it's such an important topic because I believe we are currently living in a society that is constantly and always busy. Would you agree? Like we're, we're always busy. There's always something on. There's always somewhere to be. And we are constantly living our lives. Maybe we sometimes even feel it. We watch something. We play something. We browse something. And for some reason, we just end up exhausted. We end up time poor and you're always trying to fit something in. And, and I'll be honest, a life of hurry, we end up living a life without any focus. We end up filling our lives with random and unimportant things. And I believe we end up missing out on what matters most. And so um, I just think it's a really important series to do. Hey, Anthony, how are you? You're from Darwin. Fantastic. Anyway, um, and, and so I just think it's such an important uh, topic to focus on. And um, I just think what an incredible time for God to minister to our hurried hearts in this period of time. So why don't we pray across every location? Why don't you close your eyes right now? And wherever you are, uh, why don't you just take a deep breath? Holy Spirit, would you minister to us today? Would you slow down our minds? Holy Spirit, would you slow down our hearts? Would you slow our thoughts and our souls? And right now, we just focus on you, God. We ask that you speak to us this morning. We ask that we're able to hear your whispers this morning, God. Lord, we just pray throughout every location to everyone here listening that you will minister to us, that we will meet with you and we will hear from you today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. We're going to read this passage of scripture and then we're going to take some notes out of it. This is what it says. Now, as they went on their way, um, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha. Everyone say Martha. I didn't hear you, Craig. You Martha. I also heard some Bandura people. Fantastic. Welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Everyone say Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So Martha invites him, Mary sits. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister's doing nothing? Like, as in, do you not care that she's just sitting around and she's not serving with me and she's left me alone? Tell her then to come and help me. But then Jesus replied with these words and she said, he said, Martha, Martha. You were anxious. You were troubled about many things, but one thing, everyone say one thing. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. You know, if you're looking for a title for today's message, it's very simple. It's the problem with hurry. The problem with hurry, and we're going to unwrap a few principles out of this passage of Scripture. We're getting straight into it, so if you're taking notes, um, I would encourage you just to, there's only 17 points, it'll only take us four hours, it'll be fine. If you're visiting, just turn to the person next to you and just say, is he serious? And I'm just joking, I promise. Uh, but the, we're going to get straight into it this morning, and this is a few problems that we can find in this passage about hurry. Are you ready? Hey, on. Sorry, no one. Sorry, just stay there. For a no one is ready here. We need to just. Is everyone ready? Yes. Ooh, ooh, man, I was like, whoa, what's happening? Number one, 
first thing that takes place, the first problem with hurry is that hurry creeps. Hurry creeps into our lives. I want to show you something in this passage of Scripture, is that Martha's intentions were good, but hurry crept in. You see, she invited Jesus into her house, right? As in anyone that's inviting Jesus into their house, that's a good intention. She wanted to spend time with Jesus. She wanted to be in the presence of God. Maybe that's what you wanted to do today as you came into church. You're saying, I want to spend time in the presence of God. But intentions don't always translate to actions. Your intentions might be like, I just want to be in church because I want to meet with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, you realize that you're distracted by a blue bird that flies in the auditorium. Or like you just have no, you're going, don't know about this song or don't know about this topic at the moment. And all of a sudden, your intentions could be right, but they don't always translate to actions. In other words, Martha's intentions was to spend time with Jesus, but she didn't spend time with Jesus at all. She realistically just ended up um, serving a lot and doing a lot of things. You know, my intention was to spend time with my family at dinner, but I ended up being on my phone a lot. My intention was to be present with my kids as they were running around, but when they were asking me questions and when they were really talking to me, I wasn't really listening. My intention is to show love, to care for you, but I've only got five minutes between meetings, so can we just make this snappy? My intention was to spend time in the presence of God. But first, Instagram, right? Like, as in, that's what happens first. My intentions, potentially your intention, was to connect with God. But the first thing we do, potentially, is give him our wish list, and we don't really connect with God. Our intentions are right, but we don't realize how hurry creeps into our lives. And I don't believe any of us really turned around one day, woke up and said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just choose to live a crazy busy life. You know, I don't think anyone absolutely said, I am going to live this sort of life. But hurry creeps in. Hurry creeps in. And, and, and a lot of us are currently living a life where it's impossible to keep up with our schedules. Do you know what time I am currently doing my gardening at the moment? Gardening. Now, think about it. Gardening is an outdoor sport, kind of, not really. But, like, do you know what time I'm doing my gardening? I'm doing it at 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. I'm trying to squeeze this thing in because I have no time during the day, no time in the morning, and all of a sudden between 7 and 8 p.m., that's what time I'm... That that tells you you're trying to squeeze a lot of stuff in to a day. Even when you get babysitters, you just fill your life out with other things. Maybe you even take annual leave to do more things instead of rest. You schedule your time around these moments. We are constantly juggling many things, families, workloads, households, kids, friends, and we go from busy to ridiculous. And this is the premise of today's topic in the next three weeks across all our locations is this, is that I believe you and I, we've accepted this status that we will always be busy. You and I have made hurry normal. We've made it normal, and we're living a life that is constantly in hurry, and there's a problem with that. Let me show you something uh, about how hurry not only creeps in, but how it creeps in. The second point that hurry does, or the problem with hurry, is that problem is constantly distracted. It's constantly distracted, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Everyone say much serving. 
Doreen, much serving. Did you know there's a lady named Doreen in Doreen campus? It's very difficult at times. But anyway, um, moving on. But distracted. Oh, boy. Anyway, but Martha, right, she, she's invited Jesus into her home, and she's distracted with much serving. She's distracted with much serving. So you, you see, she had a timeline and a schedule in her head. She had things to do before she would spend time with Jesus. She needed to do all these things, get the house ready, make sure that all the kitchen is ready and the food will be served on time before she would spend time with Jesus. And as a staff right now, we're reading the book, and this is where this series, a lot of it comes from, is it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And one of the chapters refers to this, um, to this I guess, different inventions that actually change the pace of our lives. And I just thought to myself, this is how hurry crept in. It was some, some of these inventions actually had dramatic effect to our lives. I'm going to briefly show it to you. We're going to not hurry our way through, but we will slowly process through our, these three inventions that I believe changed time. Watch this. First invention, the invention of the clock. Approximately 200 BC... The latest technology came out. Ignore that. That's irrelevant right now. But, um, but, the, but the invention of the clock, 200 BC, comes out. And in Germany, it was in 1370 when the first public clock came out. Now, the reason why this is important is before the clocks were created or the sundial was created, tracking days and time was natural. You and I would go to sleep with the moon and we would wake up with the sun. How, how, does that sound good or what? Like, as in, like, I know that's how they do it in Craigieburn, but I don't know, like, as in, this is amazing. But the sun set the rhythms for rest and play. It was under God's control. But all of a sudden, with the clock, time became under man's control. And that's why you work seven to crazy hours, right? Like 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. or 9 a.m. till 5 p.m., whatever it could be. But it was the invention of the clock that began uh, to allow man to have control of time. The second invention is the light bulb. Edison, in 1879, all of a sudden develops the light bulb. It's an amazing moment, right? We're all happy, but all of a sudden, it opened the door for you and I to stay up till past sunset, so before this, we'd go to bed, but now, all of a sudden, we can stay up late and not party, but do other appropriate things. Um, but the thing is, before the light bulb, check this out. Do you know what the average uh, time people slept? 11 hours. Not teenagers, just everyone. Everyone used to sleep 11 hours on average. Wow, a final invention. This is crazy. The light bulb, the clock... 1440, the printing press gets created, but it's in 2007 when the iPhone's created. The iPhone now puts the internet in your hands. We are now have constant access to information and updates all the time. We now have the capacity to contact anyone at, at any point, at any time, and we now have the ability to rec record and share information. I love these inventions and innovations. Like, I look at it and I go, what an incredible, like, how cool are these moments? But can you see how destructive they could actually turn out to be? Can you see what they can actually do to your lives? And as I was reflecting on these inventions, this is what I thought. I thought at every point, these inventions could have been a moment 
that man connected with God more. We could have used the light bulb, we could have used time, we could have used all these things to spend more time and focus on God. But realistically, this is what I think has taken place. A lot of the time, we have used these inventions to play God. You know, think about it. God is ever-present. Our control on time is allowing us or trying to do that in our lives. Our God is all-powerful. Well, in Genesis 1-3, it says, God said, let there be light. All-knowing. Well, our iPhones, we think we're smarter because we can just Google everything. What if the greatest threat to our spiritual life was not the politics and the gender conversations? What if the greatest threat to our spiritual life was hurry, your pace, and my, my pace? You know, we are currently living in a society where we are the most distracted that we have ever been. We have the lowest attention span that ever existed. The lowest attention span that ever existed. In the year 2000, our attention spans was a crash hot 12 seconds. In the year 2000. Let me put this in context. The goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. Do you know what your attention span and the average attention span of mankind is right now? Eight seconds. I'm just putting it out there that we are losing to goldfish. You might be going, well, I, I, I don't, I, why, why are you sharing? Oh, this is why hurry is so distracting. It has filled our life with distraction. You can put up that slide now. Let me tell you about some hours in your life. I can see people processing it here in our Bandura location. The average person spends 706 hours a year on social media. Not on your phones, just on social media. Let, let me just say, millennials double that. Um, Netflix, that's not even a joke. Uh, <laughs> In, on Netflix, the average person spends 2,737 hours per year. Young people, if you're not 21 yet. Parents, if you have kids that are under 21. By the age of 21, your young people, will, or, and especially males, unfortunately males, they will spend 10,000 hours on gaming devices by the age of 21. Tell me... You can get your pilot's license in 10,000 hours. You can get your degree in honours in 10,000 hours. You could remember the New Testament in 10,000 hours. Let me tell you something. Craigie Dorian. you could save your marriages in 10,000 hours. You could save a key relationship with a family member in 10,000 hours. But you and I, we are living distracted lives. We are constantly distracted by something. And listen, they're not all bad, but let me tell you something. How, how, do, you, how, do, we, how do we focus on Jesus? How are we praying? How are we worshipping with attention spans of eight seconds? Honestly, what hope do we have if our attention spans are this bad? What hope do we have on focusing on Jesus? If you call yourself a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, let me tell you something. Your main job is to have attention on Jesus. 
That is your main job as a follower of Jesus. The problem with hurry is that it's created an endless pit of distraction. I told you today, the title of the message is The Problem. It may not be the most glamorous message in the world, but I think it's important that we understand it. The problem with hurry, it's created an endless pit of distraction. The, the next problem with hurry is that it creates an arrogance towards slow. An arrogance towards... Mary stops, sits, and listens at the feet of Jesus. And we know the story, we read it earlier, Martha complains to Jesus, right? Martha goes... Like, Jesus, can you say something to her? Like, this is ridiculous. And upon reflection, I probably realize that majority of us would have had a bit of an attitude towards Mary. Like, a lot of us would have said, is she going to do something? Like, as in, is she just going to sit there like that? Like, you know, you've walked into a house or maybe Christmas time, you're, you're talking about the in-law that doesn't do anything in your house. Anyway, and you're kind of just thinking, my gosh, are they just going to sit there, not going to help with the dishes? Do you know what I mean? Like, as in those moments right there. Well, that's what Martha was saying about Mary. And I think we would have all said that about Mary. How lazy is she? We may have even said she's entitled. <laughs> How the audacity to come to my house not even offered, just offered to help. That's all we want, right? Like, as in, Mary didn't even offer. She just sat there doing nothing. It's kind of like going, what in the world is going on? Potentially, you and I, we were to call Mary slow. Like, is she slow? Like, is she not getting the situation? I am serving, working, working, working. She's doing nothing. You know, in the Western world, we all see slow as negative. Slow is bad. If I have to wait more than three minutes for a coffee, the service is slow. When a movie is boring, it is it's slow. Craigie Van Doren, if you're not getting this, they're saying slow here. And uh, if you're not getting it, then maybe yours. No, just joking. Uh, I'm so sorry. That's so mean. When someone isn't thinking on the same level as you are, and you're talking to them, and on the way home you go, oh, I reckon that person, they're a bit slow. We constantly have this negative attitude towards slow. And in these moments, a pride and arrogance is developed because fast is the only way. Fast is the right way. We see busy as being superior and powerful. The more I do, the more I am. I would say some of us even glorify the idea of being busy. Do you know how you can test that? Ask someone how they are. Hey, how you doing? And when they respond with your schedule, you know that they have glorify or they're glorifying their busyness. Do you know why it's a problem to have an unhealthy view of slow? Because our greatest commandment is to love. Love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Our greatest commandment is to love one another as yourself. This is the greatest commandment, it says in Mark. And the reason why it's, a, it's, un, it's, it's unhealthy to have a negative view of slow is because love is slow. Love is slow. And, and some of you are going, how inconvenient is this? But the thing is, it takes time to love. And if you have an unhealthy view of slow, then you have an unhealthy view of love. If you have a negative, if you have an arrogance towards slow 
And if you just think, nah, nothing, nothing good happens when it's like, no, no, no. Well, then you have an arrogance towards love. You see, it takes time to love. Love has a speed. Love sits like Mary sat. Love, unfortunately, love is time-consuming. Love, you don't squeeze love into your schedules. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, you can't fit it into five minutes, but it takes time. You know, Alyssa and I, we were holidaying with our kids a couple of weeks ago, and um, there was two different days on our holiday. One day, and, and majority of the days were like this, where we'd walk up to a local cafe and get a coffee. And when we'd get ready, I'd be like, hey, Harley, what do you want to wear, blue or pink? You know, puts the sunscreen on and do her hair. And Alyssa would do majority of those things, but I just pretend I do it now. Anyway, and, um, and then we walk up to the local beach or, and to the local cafe, and you're, you're looking around, you're strolling, you know. Wow, how nice are those beaches? Or, you know, oh, look, a lizard, Harley. Let's go chase and let's take a photo. Let's build memories. Well, then there was another day that we had an 8 a.m. coffee with someone. And from that sweet parenting mode to what colour do you want to wear, the tone changes just a little bit. And it's, get here now, Harley. Come, and you're dragging her around and you're putting sunscreen accidentally. Maybe I got it in her eyes once. And like, as in all these things are happening, and all of a sudden you're not slowly walking there building memories. You are fast-tracking, running over that lizard now. And you are just kind of going, we need to get here. We're running late. You don't love well in a hurry. Just look how you treat your kids in a hurry. Look how you speak to your husband when you're in a hurry. Look how you speak to your wife when you're in a hurry. You know, 1 Corinthians says love is patient. Love is kind. Love is slow. There's a reason why it says, or most people would say, that you walk with God. You don't run with God. You walk with God. This is what a, um, a theologian, a Japanese theologian, Kasuke Kayama, says. It says, God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, then he would have gone much faster. Love has a speed. It's an inner speed. It's a spiritual speed. It's the kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It is slow, yet is, yet is Lord over all other speeds, because it is the speed of love. Let me tell you something. Hurry and love are incompatible. To hurry around and try to love the people around you, to love God are, is incompatible. And let me tell you, we've got to get this out of our heads. Slow isn't bad. Slow isn't bad. Slow is to be present. And please know, I'm saying this to myself right now more than anyone. Slow is to be listening. Slow is to care deeply. Slow is to love. The problem with hurry is that it has this arrogance towards slow. We're going to start our winding down of the last three hours of this message, I promise. But this is my, my fourth point. The problem with hurry is that it is crushing our souls. I told you, I'm describing the problem today. I promise Pastor John will build a way better message next week. But hurry is crushing our souls. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. 
If you have Jesus in your house, he's sitting on the couch and he stops you and he says, hey, you're anxious and you were troubled about many things. Let me tell you something. You must be anxious and troubled about many things. And in this moment, Jesus is saying, Martha, you were, dist- you were all over the place. You're distracted. You're stressed out. You were this close to burning out. You are unwell. You know, experts, mental health professionals, psychologists are now talking about hurry sickness. It's a disease. They've labeled it a disease. The definition is this, a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. Hurry is a sickness. Let me, uh, maybe you're going, oh, I don't believe so. Here's some symptoms just in case, like maybe, you know, just, you might have had a few, just see how you go. If the person next to you elbows you, you've probably had it. Anyway, number one, irritability. You're short with people. I just described half of the congregation. Um, hypersensitivity, easily offended and hard to be around. I just described the other half of the congregation. Um, restlessness, you can't relax when you try to slow down. Workaholism, you don't know when to stop. Emotional numbness, you don't feel any highs and you don't feel any lows. You, you don't um, know and feel what's going on. Out of order priorities, you feel disconnected from your identity and calling. Lack of care for your body. There's no time to sleep. There's no time to exercise and eat healthy. Escapism behavior. When you're tired and you need more of God, you choose Netflix. When you're tired and you need more of God, you say, let's just eat more or let's just go on social media, let's drink wine, watch porn or or, or any sort of things like that. Slippage in spiritual disciplines. Your devotional life is out of whack. Isolation, you feel disconnected from others and God. These are the symptoms that could take place with a hurry sickness. And can I be honest with you? If I had to reflect on my last 12 months, I'd say I'd struggle with all those things. And I don't, I don't think it's a long shot if I had to say that majority of us would have struggled with a lot of these things in our lives. And hurry is usually a sign of something a lot deeper than a busy schedule and a lot of activity. A lot of the time, hurry has to do with you and I running away from something or running to something. We're either running away from maybe childhood wounds and childhood trauma, deep insecurity or a fear of failure, Maybe it's a boredom or a midlife crisis. Maybe you're, you're just running away from facing your limitations. Or maybe you're running to something. You're running to those promotions. You're running to the purchases in your bigger bank account. You're running to the likes and the comments and the acceptance and the self-worth. And this is why you keep such a busy schedule, because you're trying to impress someone and gain their approval. Or maybe it's why you don't like being alone. So you fill your schedule up because if you had to face your thoughts, it'd be too damaging. It'd be too real. It'd be too scary. Hurry isn't just a disordered schedule. Hurry is a disordered heart. It's an out-of-order heart. And I want you to watch the words of Jesus and his approach to Martha at this point. It is with gentleness 
and softness. And he says, Martha, Martha. And in this, this moment, the tone most commentaries would say, he's just worried. Martha, I'm worried about you. Martha, Martha, this pace that you're going is not sustainable. And, and I believe that the Holy Spirit, I believe God is speaking to some people right now across all our locations, and he wants to say to you, this pace, this schedule, this life, this, this inability to say no to people, yourself and others, it's crushing you. You can't keep this up. I'm going to invite our worship team up right now and we're going to close here. And right now we're going to do two responses, one for salvation and then one to our message. But I don't know if you guys remember um, a couple of months ago, we did a Truly Free series. Does anyone remember the Truly Free series? Like, as in, it was an incredible series in our church. And um, I remember I was sitting here and, and Pastor John was preaching um, about, um, it, was the, it was the message on addictions. And he alluded to this um, addiction to adrenaline. I don't know if you recall that moment. Um, and I'll never forget, as he was sharing that story, I, I, was, um, I was sitting right there, and, and I was immediately convicted by the Holy Spirit. And it was like, and it was like God was speaking to me right then. He's like, going, hey, this is it's just a check. Hey, we need to talk about this. And I thought, oh, man, okay. And I'll never forget, soon after, Alyssa and I, Around that time, we had a, a, a getaway, a weekend getaway book, just the two of us. And it'd be a time that we would spend time with each other, but also spend time with God. And I'll never forget, I was sitting down on my own, just in front of a fireplace. And I was just talking to God in just sight. And it was just complete silence. It was just like, I was just going, God, what's going on? Like, oh. And I was just embracing this silence, this sovereign moment, this, this, this moment of just allowing God to speak to me. And he very gently and he very softly began to share with me. He just said, Jace, you have an inclination towards chaos. And I said, no. And then he kind of just started to show me a few things just about I, would, I'm, I constantly am going at a pace. I'm constantly managing multiple projects, right? And then even before projects finish, I will start new ones. And even before those new ones finish, I will like walk towards multiple areas, multiple people, and I will just invite these scenarios into my life and just be willing to walk into them. And, and he's just like, oh, would you just breathe? Would, would, would you just take a moment? You're running, I'm walking. Would you walk with me? Would you watch how I do it? Would, would you take a suggestion and maybe take my lead and not walk towards everything? It was gentle. It was soft. And it allowed me to start building in some adjustments into my life that I hope to be able to share over the next few weeks. But it was in this moment that God's going, would you just breathe? Would you just relax? Would you just listen to what I have to say? 
love is slow. And in our hurry, it is crushing souls. It is crushing our attention on God. And a lot of the time we are running away from something. A lot of the time, potentially, you're running to something. And let me tell you something. When you keep running, you're running away from what God actually wants to do in that area. You're running away from the healing that He wants to do in that spot. When He just wants to speak with you. You're running away from that restoration that He wants to take place in your life. But you just keep going to the next thing, one after another. You're running away from the growth that He wants you to experience. And you go from problem to problem. The thing about hurry is that hurry will continually say more things, more schedules, more people, more items, whatever it could be. Just do more things. But let me tell you something. Jesus says one thing. One thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. And Jesus is constantly calling us to focus on Him. Jesus is constantly calling us to remain, to abide in Him. Our first priority as believers, our first call is to be with Him is to choose Him, is to sit at His feet. But sometimes, a lot of the time, we're distracted. We're moving from the next to the next to the next when God is looking to speak, to minister, to love, to walk slowly across every room this morning. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads? You know, God is not just calling us to focus on Him, but He's calling us into relationship with Him. And once again, at the end of this message, I'm wondering across every room in Doreen, Craigieburn, here in Bandura, if you're watching at home, would you just take a deep breath with me? Would you stop? Would you be present? I believe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you this morning. And the first point of call here and in every location is for those who don't know Jesus. And maybe you've been sitting in one of these locations, been talking about Jesus, the ways of Jesus. And he's saying one thing is necessary. And this is the thing. The one thing that is necessary for your life is to know Jesus, is to have a relationship with him. And in every location, if you've never made a decision to follow him, if you've never made a decision to say, hey, I choose Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I want to walk with him. I believe today is your day. Today is your day. And maybe you've been filling your life with activities, filling your life with relationships, filling your life with things that haven't been fulfilling. They haven't actually been hitting the spot that you've been trying to fill and that's because it's a God-shaped spot that only Jesus can fill. Only one relationship can give you the fulfillment that you need and that's Jesus. So right now with every head bowed, every eye closed across every location, I'm going to count to three. And today, if you want to make a decision to make Him Lord and Savior, our whole family would love to pray with you this morning. So right now, one, 
Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for your sin. And he accepts you just as you are. You just got to choose to sit at his feet. Two, there is nothing else that you need to do. One thing is necessary. Three, right now, across the rooms, would you just lift your hand if we can pray with you this morning? And if you want to connect with Jesus, awesome, awesome, awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else across our rooms? If you want to start, begin a relationship with Jesus, believing in our Craigieburn campus and Doreen campus, that people are making decisions for Jesus. As we pray together, would you repeat this prayer? after me. Lord, this day, I invite you into my life. I choose to follow you. I choose to sit with you. Today, I make you Lord and I make you my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today, God, I will walk with you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.